I've got news for you. Ben Bryan is still QB1. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, and we're also on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank with you, your host, each and every day. So, Ben Bryant is still the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bearcats, and guess what? He's not going anywhere. At his press conference yesterday, talking about Ben Bryant through the first four games of the season, saying, in quote, he has done everything that they have asked him to do. There's a full quote from that press conference yesterday that really hammers the point home that Ben Bryant, whether you like it or not, because I've seen it, I've seen the comments on our YouTube videos, you want Ben Bryant benched for Evan Prater. Well, guess what? I'm here to tell you that's not going to happen. I'm also here to tell you, and I am allowed to do this based on facts, based on evidence, based on what I see. I admit I was on the Prater train in the offseason. I wrote it. I was the, I was in a campaign endorser for Evan Prater. I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. I didn't think Ben Bryant had it in him. He does. Ben Bryant absolutely has it in him. Here's the quote. Ben has done everything we have asked him to do. He has highlighted the strengths of our offense, and that was one of the things in camp as we were trying to evaluate our offense, looking at the strengths you have. We looked at Tyler Scott and and Trey Tucker as part of that. Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor are as well and really good in the pass game. In some ways, it was playing towards Ben's strengths. All in all, Ben has done a great job and not just at commanding the offense. He had respect when he walked out the door to Eastern Michigan, so it wasn't hard when he walked back in. He does a real good job of moving the ball around. He keeps everyone involved in the game, and that's a big deal because defenses can't hone in on one guy. As we continue to move down the road, people will have a better idea of what we are doing. I like where he's at because of how he moves the ball and that he takes what the defense gives him instead of forcing things. There you go. All you need to know about where this quarterback battle, if there is still one, which there's not, is right now. Here's the deal. Ben Bryant is the reason why the Bearcats are winning games. So if you want Evan Prayer to start, I will come back with these questions. So you want to bench the guy who is winning you games. You want to bench your offensive leader. Are you really wanting to do that? Because I am telling you right now, someone commented. That if Evan Prater was put in the game in the second half against Arkansas, the Bearcats would have won. No, they wouldn't have. Did you see Ben Bryant in the second half of that game? And remember, I said that night that I am encouraged for the rest of the season because of what I saw from Ben Bryant in the second half. And if you remember, and if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan listening to this, maybe you are, 2018 playoffs, Lamar Jackson struggles in the first half of his first playoff game. John Harbaugh 
one of the best head coaches of this generation, could have put in Joe Flacco. Uh-uh. He kept Lamar in the game. Why? Because Lamar's the future of the because Lamar was the future of the franchise. And although the Ravens lost that game, Lamar Jackson won MVP next year. He won his first playoff game the year after that. Had he not been hurt last year, he would have led the Ravens to the playoffs that year in 2021. And so far this year, he's the MVP of the NFL. Same applies here to Cincinnati. Ben Bryant struggles in the first half against Arkansas. After the interception, didn't really do much in the first half. Does Luke Fickle yank him for Evan Prater? No. Why? Because that would have diminished his confidence, and you're throwing Prater to the Wolves down 14-0. Luke Fickle handled that beautifully. I am here to tell you right now, Ben Bryant's not going anywhere. A quarterback who is completing over two-thirds percent of his passes. Two-thirds. 11 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And oh, by the way, 1,217 yards. And you're going to bench him for Evan Prater. Are you kidding me? And if you are going to reason the second half of the game against Indiana, that's totally fine. It's one bad half of football. And oh, by the way, in the first half, Ben Bryant threw for four touchdowns and over 300 yards. Did you forget about that? Because I didn't. I get it. The second half on Saturday wasn't very good. That's not going to mean that I want Ben Bryant benched. No. Okay. See, Ben Bryant, you are not benching a guy who is playing with a lot of confidence right now. He really is. And you know what? He was a little dinged up in the second half. And if you're going to fault him for not, you know, if you're going to fault for the coaching staff for not pulling him out of the game, that's fine. It's not nearly as egregious as Brandon Staley not pulling Justin Herbert, who had either bruised, fractured, or cracked ribs. Either way, not a good injury to be playing in week three of the regular season. So for the crowd who wants Evan Prater to start, and I feel you because I rode the train all offseason. He's not going to start right now. You're not going to put in Evan Prater when Ben Bryant's playing with a lot of confidence. What he's doing right now is the best thing. What Bryant's doing right now is the best thing for this program this year and next year. There's no pressure to rush Prater in. When you talk about turning points of this season, go all the way back to early January when the city of Cincinnati still had a sports curse. And the day Ben Bryant transferred back was the best thing that could have happened in this program. Why? Because even though we were excited about the prospect of Evan Prater starting, that wasn't what was best for the Bearcats football program. Because Bryant brought a sense of familiarity. He brought a sense of just keeping the momentum going. There's a reason why Luke Fickle said that Ben Bryant has respect has, has the respect of everybody within this program. And I said it all and I said this too this offseason. There's this there's this concept called the hero's journey where a player tries to make it work the first time somewhere, doesn't, he goes somewhere, finds himself, gets experience, comes back, and now look what he's doing. 
He has the Bearcats at three and one on the doorsteps of the top 25. The Bearcats have scored 23 touchdowns offensively. And yet, you want him benched. You want Ben Bryant benched. Are you kidding me? That's not going to happen. Here's the thing. Even if Evan Prater starts, defenses would adjust. They would make Prater throw the ball. What do you not like about Ben Bryant? He had a bad second half last week. He can't run the ball. Do quarterbacks primarily run with the ball? Now, I get it. When you have a quarterback who can run, when you have a quarterback who can run, that's another dimension that makes your team tough to beat. I understand that. What I also understand is a quarterback's primary job is to throw the ball. That's why Lamar Jackson hasn't done much outside of win one playoff game and one MVP. That's why quarterbacks like Joe Burrow has been to a Super Bowl. He can make throws. That's why Matthew Stafford's a Super Bowl champion, because he's got a cannon for an arm. So too does Ben Bryant. And you're gonna and you want to bench for a guy who still is inexperienced in Evan Prater? Are you kidding me? I'm here to tell you right now, Ben Bryant is still QB1 going forward, and he will be for the rest of this season. Recency bias is something that I have um, used before in making predictions and my take on things. I will admit that. But in this case, I'm not. It's one bad half. Did you want Joe Burrow benched in his rookie season after that game in Baltimore? Did you want him benched after he threw three picks in the fourth quarter against Chicago? Did you want him benched after he threw four picks against the Steelers in week one this year? If the answer is no, that applies here too to Ben Bryant. Do you want him benched because he played a bad half against Indiana after throwing for four touchdowns and 314 yards in the first half against Indiana, who was 3-0, in case you forgot? You can want Evan Prater to start. I do too. But I also want the hot hand right now, and that's Ben Bryant. Bearcats are 3-1 and one for a reason. Have you seen their offense change this year? They're a pass-first offense because they can be with Ben Bryant and their speedsters and receivers. And Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott. So there you go. There's your answer. The news of the day is this. Ben Bryant is still QB1. And he will be until absolutely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Until necessary to make a change. And it's not anywhere close to that right now. Coming up, speaking of the running game, it was a struggle on Saturday. We know that. How does it get fixed, though? We'll get into it after a word from Bet Online. You should see the overlay on your screen. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport Wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so the running game Saturday was a big struggle. We know that uncharacteristically. The Bearcats, um, here's some numbers for you. 
The Bearcats had nine rushing yards on 12 attempts in the first half. 40 on 30 carries for the game. Longest run of the day was six and 1.1 rushing yards before contact. It certainly wasn't a great day running the football for Cincinnati. They didn't have to run the ball, though, because of how great Ben Bryant in the passing game looked in the first half. But this is going to be something that is a concern going forward. Why? Because you still need to run the ball. You still need to run the ball against teams like Tulsa where, you know, ball control and time of possession could be factors in the game. You still need to run the ball against teams like UCF to keep their high-octane offense off the field and tire out their defense. You still need to run the ball against Navy so you don't give them the ball back and then your defense is on the field for 13 minutes at a time. You still need to be able to run the ball on the road at Temple in in late November when the weather's cold and, you know, the stadium is 25% full and it's, a you know, a smash-mouth in-your-face game. You still need to be able to run the football. The passing game is what sells tickets. I understand that. But running the football wins games. It, it, it truly is. Like, now, when we get to the postseason, yes, passing does take over. But in terms of getting there, you got to be able to run the football. And the Bearcats, to me, have a running back room that can do it. Ryan Montgomery, Luke Fickle mentioned this last night on, the, on his radio show, said that he, you know, he went through warmups, just felt like he wasn't ready to go on Saturday. So he's getting closer. You've got Charles McClellan, who came back after suffering what looked like to be maybe a concussion in the first quarter. Corey Kiner, you know, Kiner's still a little dinged up, but, you know, I, I just want to see more hard-nosed running from him. He, he is a huge pickup in the transfer portal for this team, one of the key transfers on this team. So for as much as the Bearcats' offense has changed to a passing game, and that's great, running the football is still very important. It's this team's identity because it will open up so much in the passing game. If you force defenses to stop the run, that's going to open up play action. That's going to open up, uh, you know, rollouts. It's going to open up a whole lot of this offense because defenses now aren't going to know where the ball is going. If they bite on the play action, that's going to send Tucker and Scott deep down the field. If they, you know, play deep, that's going to, you know, deal with Joe Mix. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Corey Kiner. Okay, so here... How does it get better? Luke Fickle talked about it after the game Saturday, creating more movement, creating seams. You're just going to have to get it going and get to that second level. Sometimes it's all about relentlessly pounding the rock. So I mentioned you have to be able to run the ball at UCF. You know, remember that game in 2019. And the running game, you know, didn't have a lot of big plays early on. But Michael Warren had like several four-yard runs, five-yard runs, and eventually he was going to break one loose, and he did towards the end of the sec- of the third quarter. And that was a monstrous play in the game. That's needs to, that needs to happen against UCF this time around. It needs to happen against a lot of conference foes this time around. This conference, yes, can have explosive passing games. We know that. But it's also predicated on the run game. So it's creating movement. It's creating seams. It's just relentlessly pounding the rock. It's using Kiner more once he's healthy. Keep feeding Charles McClellan. But there's the running game is so important for the reasons I mentioned. You got to be able to put away games. I wasn't happy with the play calling on Saturday. I really wasn't. Because when you're up 38 to 10, why do you need to throw the ball more? And again, maybe you felt like you couldn't run the football. But that's where maybe you say, okay, let's try some outside zone runs. 
Let's try some wide zone runs. This offense can still run the football. This offensive line is still built to run the football. They just have to adjust to teams who go into their bare fronts. I'm not sure if Tulsa is going to do that. But the way you beat Tulsa is you run the football. You beat them at their own game because Tulsa will run the ball. Now they also have a passing game, depending on if their starting quarterback plays this week. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. If you run the ball, you control the clock. You keep your defense off the field, especially after last week when the Bearcats were on the field defensively for 104 plays. 104. That's a lot. So what I'm telling you is running the football should still be this offense's priority. It should be their priority. Right now, it's not. And that's fine. The passing game is really working. Ben Bryant's got three 300-yard passing games this season. Back-to-back. And if he played the whole whole game against Kennesaw State, he probably would have had maybe 300 yards in that game too. He's averaging over 300 yards a game. But when Evan Prater comes into the game, you're looking to run the football. It takes the pressure off Ben Bryant. He still threw 40 times last week. And I don't necessarily like him throwing the ball 40 times in a game the Bearcats never trailed and never really seemingly was in doubt. So that's where running the football is still important. Ben Bryant should only have attempted 10 passes max in the second half. He ended up attempting um, 19. Should have been way less. All right, coming up, why this game on Saturday will be just like any other Bearcats-Tulsa game. We will get into it after a word from LinkedIn, as you see the overlay on your screen. So these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because they help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So Tulsa is an interesting team because I feel like they always play better than what their talent or record suggests, especially against the Bearcats. And Mo Egger brought this up. Actually, Tony Pike brought this up Monday. Tony Pike said that this is Tulsa's college game day. And he said that because if you remember last year on college game day, the Bearcats hosted Tulsa. Some of you might have forgotten who the Bearcats were playing that week. You didn't forget by the time the game ended. Because if you remember that game, and I remember this game vividly, Cincinnati led the game 14-0 first quarter, thinking, all right, they're going to run away. They're going to run away with this game. It's 14-12 at the half. 14 to 12. Bearcats scored two touchdowns in the third quarter, 28-12. All right, we're going to run away with this game. Ha! You wish. 
Tulsa scores a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So it's 28-20. They have two chances to tie the game late. Bearcats had to make two goal line stands. If they don't make those goal line stands, they may not go to the college football playoff because they play, because of a Tulsa three and five team that's pesky, that's competitive, that is just a, a pain in the arse for Cincinnati. And they will be again Saturday. This is the first time Tulsa's hosted Cincinnati since 2016. They've played three times since then. 2019, when the Bearcats were honoring the 2019, Cincinnati won that game 24-13. Ugly game. Luke Fickle said at the time, and he said this last night on his radio show, that that was the best 2-5 and five team that they had played against. Here's the thing about Tulsa. You can't ever get rid of them. They outplay their talent. They play hard. They're wreckers to what you're trying to do. The championship game in 2020 in Cincinnati, Bearcats win by three. And you look at Tulsa's roster, and it's just like a, you know, a smattering of players here and there. You wonder how the heck they win so many games. But it's because they just have good coaching with Philip Montgomery. They have a good, you know, system. They have a good culture. They've had consistent quarterback play for the last few years. Davis Brin. They have strong receivers. They have a good offensive line. I mean, that Tyler Smith, offensive lineman last year, now with the Cowboys. Look what he's doing, you know. Look what he did against the Bengals and Trey Hendrickson week two. They've developed players. Zayvon Collins, remember him from 2020? He's now with the Cardinals. Look what he's doing. Tulsa is a very good team. They're two and two. And someone asked me this yesterday. At work, they go, what conference is Tulsa in? I'm like, they're in our conference. And they go, come on. And I'm like, come on. They're two and two. They lost a one-score game to Wyoming. They should have won. And they played Ole Miss to a nine-point game. You want me to overlook them? Ha, I'm not. This is going to be a tough battle for Cincinnati. Very tough battle. I expect this game to be close. Because Tulsa has this game circled. Every team in this conference has Cincinnati circled on their calendar. Because they want to be the team that beats them before they go to the Big 12. That's where we're at. It's going to be with Tulsa. It's going to be when SMU hosts Cincinnati. It's going to be when UCF, especially UCF, even though they're going to the Big 12 with Cincinnati. Now, the same might be applied to UCF that they have circled on their calendars. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's more so with the Bearcats. Because they're the two-time conference champions. They went to the playoff last year. And it's Cincinnati. The name itself now gets you up for, for the game. This is Tulsa's college game day, as, as Tony Pike alluded to. The last three times the Bearcats have played Tulsa have not been pretty. They've won, but they haven't scored above 28 points. Tulsa's defense has made some plays. Tulsa's offense has looked competitive. Again, I think the Bearcats are the better team and should win. But every team in this conference that's not going to the Big 12, they want to beat Cincinnati's arse badly. Don't think for a second they don't. Because they want to make them look bad going into the Big 12. 
And I said it all offseason, most important season in Bearcats history, football program, because you're in transition right now, but you still need to take care of business and win a conference championship. This is where the season really begins. Every game from here on out is important, crucial. Eight games, and you're getting every team's best shot. You thought you got every team's best shot last year, you'll get it even more this year. That's just the way it works. Um, so, again, it just goes back to every team wanting to beat Cincinnati before they go to the Big 12. Tulsa knows they can compete with Cincinnati. Tulsa's a good team. They should go to a bowl game this year, as long as they win all the games they're supposed to win. And it just feels like every, since 19-whatever, Tulsa has been a thorn in the Bearcats' side. Don't even start me on basketball. Some people still aren't over what happened in 2000. And Tulsa beat Cincinnati last year. And every time when the Bearcats played Tulsa, it was a struggle. I, I can recall every Bearcats-Tulsa game and tell you how, you know, just how hard it was to beat them. 2018 Senior Day, tied at 44 at the half. Bearcats still won that game. I think 84-75. 2019, they went on the road, were down six with a minute to play. Miracle comeback in that game. And then they crushed Tulsa at home. All right, fine. 20, uh, last year. Or 2020, 2021. They beat Tulsa on the road. I think a one-point game. And then they uh, lost at home by four because Tulsa couldn't miss a shot. And you look at their roster and you always say to yourself, it's just a smattering of who's who, but they keep making plays. And that's how it is in football too. Uh, Tulsa's starting quarterback, though, Davis Brin, injured his ankle in the second quarter Saturday. So we don't know his status for, for the game this week. We'll find that out uh, hopefully as this week goes on. On tomorrow's show, my weekly conversation with my All-Bearcats colleague, Russ Heltman. We'll talk about um, with the game last Saturday, how Bearcats fans should feel about that and the quarterback battle, the struggles in the run game, plus how good can Ivan Pace and Tyler Scott be and a look ahead to this game Saturday at Tulsa. Friday's the game preview show. Russ Heltman's going to fill in for me on that day. Uh, so he'll have the game preview show for you right here on Lockdown Bearcats. That is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Get more on the Big 12 now by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the conference in 30 minutes. That's Lockdown Big 12 for your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Back tomorrow with Russ Heldman here on Lockdown Bearcats. I'm Alex Frank. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And I will talk to you all tomorrow with Russ Heldman right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.